Good morning to you all. Welcome. Um, we have a beautiful, beautiful spring day. Still a little chilly, but uh, still nice. Uh, we have to speak for us today. Certainly no stranger to us. We love him dearly. Uh, Elder Norville Mann from uh, Mount Zion Church in Ronsford, West Virginia. Um, that last song kind of reminded me of a little story of a little boy sitting in the back of a church service. And the minister decided to just ask for a show of hands. And he says, uh, uh, who, of all the people in here, how many want to go to heaven? So all, everybody in the congregation, they all raised their hands up real high like that. And there's one little boy back on the very back row on, sitting on a center aisle. He, he didn't raise his hand. So the preacher thought about that. You know, so after the service was over, he went to the little boy and he says, he says uh, I noticed, little Johnny, that you didn't, you didn't raise your hand when I asked everybody to want to go to heaven. He says, Oh, I thought she was getting a bus load up for today. So anyway, uh, uh, the the spectrum of sin is uh, is panoramic, and, and we uh, but there's a panorama that overcovers covers all that and uh, and compensates for it. Um, would ask you to pray for Brother Norville as he comes forward. We'll take prayer requests in just a moment. I do want to add to our prayer request list. Uh, travel and mercies and uh, sweet fellowship of time for Brother Dolph and his family as they travel to Texas to be with uh, Elder Dickie Halsby Walks' uh, congregation down there in Texas. And uh, they flew the whole family down there. And uh, we'll just pray for a sweet fellowship and safe travels for them back here. Uh, I would like to take just one moment and just to say a hearty, hearty thank you to everyone. If you didn't notice it when you came in, look at it when you go back out. There's a brand new roof on this facility from that end all the way to the back end. And uh, it was a long, long process, uh, tedious. Uh, generosity was um, overfilling. Over the cup ran it over. And uh, so we still have a little work to do inside here. And there's always going to be work to do. But we're thankful for the energy to do that. What other prayer requests do we have? request. Well, we're glad to have you all here today and our visitors. And uh, uh, any other prayer requests? If not, I'd like to ask Brother Danny if you'll be kind to lead us in prayer 
And then we'll ask Brother Noble to come speak for us and continue to pray for him. Brother Danny. I'd also encourage you to pray for Brother Norville's congregation back home at Mount Zion. Uh, Elder Tim Crane's filling in for him while he's here with us. Brother Norville. I appreciate the invitation to come and fill in for Brother Dolph today. I, it worked out pretty well because I'd already arranged for Elder Tim Crane to preach at Mount Zion. Of course, I intended to be there to hear him preach, but when Brother Richard called, I thought, uh, well, this is, a, this is a good time to visit Mount Olive, so um, I'm glad to be here, and I trust you'll pray as we go into the further part of the service that the Lord will be glorified and his word honored and what we have to say. I'd like to refer you to Second uh, Timothy chapter 1 and uh, read uh, verse 6. Excuse me, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I'd like to talk a little bit about the subject of fear. Fear is something that I'm sure that we all have experienced in one way or another. It is a 
I guess call it a human emotion. It has a purpose. It keeps us from doing stupid things like putting our hand in the fire or uh, anything that would harm or hurt us or someone else. We fear those kinds of things, and there's a good fear. My daddy used to say, if anybody that's not afraid of a gun ought not to have one. Uh, so we should have some kind of fear. But what I'd like to talk about this morning is our approach or our uh, how we confront and how we deal with fear. Uh, Paul says here that God has not given us the spirit of fear. I think the reason that we can uh, say that he didn't, he didn't give us fear, he, he gave us faith. And when we are operating in faith, if you will, or when we are uh, thinking, as he says, he's given us a sound mind, if we're thinking according to that sound mind, then we know that we have no reason to fear. Uh, yet in this world, there's much that causes us to fear. Uh, we listen to the news broadcasts, condition of the world, the problems that face people all over, and we see things like the uh, the great. Uh, a slide or whatever out there in, in the West, and we see uh, uprisings in foreign countries. We see floods and storms and, and uh, all kinds of things somewhere else. And we say, what if that would happen here? Uh, that that's supposed to be somewhere else, but those people that experienced those things probably thought they were supposed to be somewhere else too. And uh, we can look at those things and and uh, begin to think, well, well now, 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 just what what would I do? Or uh, that would be a terrible thing that ever happened here. And we can be filled with fear. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are literally eaten up with fear today. And uh, the reason for that is that we have our minds and hearts uh, set on this world and uh, this life. Instead of being God-oriented, we are human-oriented too much of the time. And... Uh, we, we're eaten up with what ifs, what if this, what if that, what if this happened to my family, or what if, uh, what if my, my son or daughter got on drugs, what if uh, uh, this or that, you know. And then, of course, uh, I noticed a little bit, some of you, you look a little older. Uh, glad, glad, that, glad I don't, but uh, some of you growing up, uh, you know, getting taller, and Emery's taller than I am. Um, but I, I, I notice as we get older, 
there's a lot of things we fear that we didn't used to fear. And that word used to is about the most important word in the English language among old folks like myself. I used to do this, I used to do that. And I, and, but anyway, uh, we get older, we, there's a lot of things to fear. This is natural. Go over there to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 where Solomon poetically describes the process of growing older. And he says that they shall, they shall be afraid of that which is high. And he said, fear shall be in the way. Uh, as we grow older, a lot of things are fearful to us. For a good many years, I've climbed up on my sister's house and, and uh, cleaned out her chimney, her, her flute. I cleaned out her stovepipe the other day. I said, you're going to have to get somebody else to clean that flu. <laughs> that was the last time I was up there last fall. I got scared. They shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way. So there's an element of fear and a concept, or there's a, a, a phase, I guess you could call it, of fear that's natural, and we all uh, experience it, and... Uh, and it, it's good. The fear of climbing up on that roof may have saved me a fall. So there's an aspect that is good of fear. But uh, there's also an aspect of, of fear that, that uh, can paralyze and, and it could even kill. Uh, we can uh, be so scared of of certain things that we just don't do anything. Sometimes churches are that way. Sometimes old Baptists get the idea they're so afraid of doing wrong they don't ever do right. <laughs> we just don't do anything. So uh, there's a fear that paralyzes, that keeps us from doing the things that we need to do. Uh, and then there's the fear that actually kills. And... Uh, Luke chapter 21, the Lord is describing uh, perhaps more than one thing here, but in this portion I'm satisfied that he's talking about the time uh, just prior to the Lord's coming again. And he says uh, in verse 25, he says, And there shall be, this is, as I said, just before the Lord comes, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after these things that which will are coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. He says there's going to be a lot of heart attacks, that's the way I under, understand it. When these signs and these great things begin to appear and men's hearts will fail them for fear. And that can happen, not, uh, happen now, even if the Lord's coming is a great way off. Uh, uh, there are people today that are so worried and scared of, the, of losing what they have accumulated they just give out. The heart gives out. The heart can only take so much. And uh, 
So fear can really be a damaging thing. But uh, as I said, I want to uh, look at how we are to respond to fear. There are going to be fearful things. There's going to be scary things, if you will, in our lives. And uh, how we respond to it will depend on how, how we, uh, if, if we are thinking Christianly or as a Christian, or are we thinking as a, a, a secularly, secularly uh, anyway, as a, uh, as a whirling, if you will? If we're thinking in terms of this world and the, the flesh and, and what we expect to gain or gather or have or possess in this world, then we will think one way. But if we're thinking in terms of God's word, and serving God and recognizing the fact that God's, uh, God's sovereign, that he's in control, he loves his people, he takes care of his people, then that's a whole different way of approaching the fear that might come in our lives. Let's go over to 1 John uh, chapter... Uh, now let's see, uh, chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And he talks about boldness in the day of judgment. But we could also take the principle here and, and, and relate it to fear, that we may have boldness in the face of fear. I'm not changing the translation of the King James Bible, but I think the principle will work here. That we have boldness in the face of fear. We're not, we're not eaten up with fear. He goes on to say there's no fear in love, uh, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. Uh, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. Here you see the, the, the relationship between love and fear. Uh, the fear on the one hand, love on the other. And I think uh, the, the context will show that he's talking about the, the love of for God, the love that we have for the God of the Bible. And uh, uh, the more we exercise this, our faith, exercise our love, put our trust in God and so forth, the less fear we're going to have and, and the better we're going to be able to confront those fearful things that might come upon us in life. Uh, he says, uh, uh, if we're if we're fearful, he that feareth, person that's uh, constantly wondering what if this happens, what if that happens, the person that's just constantly approaching life timidly and tremblingly, uh, 
He has not been made perfect in love. He doesn't understand his, his position with God, that, that God loves him and God's going to take care of him. He doesn't understand the sovereignty of God. He's not been made, he's not matured, if you will, in love. And uh, so he says that the, uh, he that uh, feareth is not made perfect in love. Uh, there's uh, for the child of God, for the Christian, the child of God, the believer, the born-again person, however you want to say it, there's, there's hope for the future. The future looks bright. Uh, looking at it from a human standpoint, purely human, fleshly standpoint, the world looks very dark. But uh, uh, if we belong to God, what have we to fear? Uh, a lot of a lot of the problem is our our misplaced love and misplaced fear, uh, misplaced love. Uh, what what do we love? What, what what do you love today? What what, what where is our love? Uh, uh, what is it centered upon? If it's centered upon this world, uh, a lot of us have got much left of it in this world. Not many years, not many days, not not long because somebody else is going to get whatever we got in this world. And uh, uh, we hate to leave it. <laughs> uh, it's just natural. We, we kind of hate to leave this old sin-cursed earth. But we're going to one of these days, somebody else is going to have what we've got, what we worked for, what we labored for all our life. People talk about, uh, and I know I'm not belittling it, people that have worked all their lives and they're going to retire and and enjoy what they worked for and find out their their money's gone. It's not there. And... uh, and they, they, they say, well, I've lost everything I ever had. I lost all I've ever worked for. Well, that, that's, that's sad, and that's bad. Uh, my parents' home burned one time, taking everything they had. That's, that's bad. That's sad. But, but down the road, we're going to all lose everything we've got as far as this world is concerned. So if we're, what are we to center upon, this world or the next world? What we have in this world and our, uh, our wealth or our, uh, the things that we enjoy, is, uh, chasing, as Bryant put it, William Cullen Bryant in Thanatopsis, chasing our favorite phantom, is that all we have uh, to look forward to? No, my dear friends, there's hope for the future. There's, there's good out there. There's blessings God has laid up in store for his people, and they're there for us. If we will possess our position and trust in him to take care of us, we, we misplace our love. We love the world instead of what God, uh, uh, instead of God. The Bible tells us to love not the world. In fact, John says that in, in uh First John 2 and 15, love not the world. See, that's misplaced love. Uh, love is also an emotion, uh, a human uh, trait, a human emotion. Uh, 
What do we love? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He's not, he's not oriented properly. He's, he's world-oriented instead of God-oriented. And he says, for all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And uh, so we, uh, we, if we're concentrating on this world and this world's goods, we have misplaced love. Now, we're, of course, loving the world and still loving God. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils, for wherein is he to be accounted of? So now we're talking about, we're going to talk about misplaced fear. I've already said there's a good side of fear. There are things that we should fear. And then, of course, the Bible tells us to fear God. But uh, he says, Cease ye from man whose breath is in his nostrils. Man does great things. This, this world is filled with people who are madly rushing into all kinds of things with, with money and prestige at the center of it all. Money, people, it, it amazes me, people that's got more money than they, they know what to do with. I never had that problem. But, uh, you know, I would, uh, I'm human, I'd welcome it. <laughs> but uh, uh, people that have so much money, and, and that's all, all that absorbs their whole lives. That's their, we can almost say that's their gods. Nothing, nothing wrong with pursuing uh, a career or, or a job or, or uh, you know, trying to get, quote, get ahead in life. Nothing wrong with accumulating things if we don't make it our God. But when he says, you are cease ye from man, what are we afraid of? What are we scared of? Cease ye from man, his breath in his nostrils, for what is he to be accounted of? It's almost as if the Lord is saying, what's he got to do with it? Uh, you ever hear somebody say, uh, Bring up uh, somebody that wasn't in the discussion, and you say, well, what's he got to do with it? It's, it's as if God's saying, I'm in control. I'm your God. You're my son. You're my child. I love you. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about him. What's he got to do with it? Don't worry about Don't uh, be caught up in the fear of man. Solomon, Solomon said this in... in uh, in Proverbs chapter 29, 29, I think. I can't keep my scriptures straight anymore. 
But uh, anyway, he said, uh, the fear of man bringeth a snare. Uh, but he says, whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Safety? Uh, how much is how much is spent today trying to keep people safe? How much how much is spent? How much money and time and effort uh, and mental thought and all that is spent trying to keep people safe? Uh, and uh, you know everything's just sort of a stopgate measure. We'll make laws every year, uh, change the speed limit, change this, change that. You know to see if we can keep people safe. And uh, I tell you, our, our government is hard put to, to keep us uh, from killing ourselves or or doing something stupid. They just constantly have to trying to do something to keep stupid people safe. And I don't mean that derogatorily. I mean, it's just the stupid things we do. I uh, heard one fellow said he kept a file in his, uh, in his filing cabinet of dumb things I have done. Well, I, I, my, my whole folder would be pretty fat, I'll tell you, if I kept a record of all the dumb things I've done. So the government tries to keep us safe. So where does safety lie? It, he says that safety is in the Lord, that he that uh, puts his trust in the Lord will be safe. Uh, we are not to fear man, but we are to fear God. And uh, Luke chapter 12 also in Matthew, he tells us what we should fear. And I'm very much afraid that in our culture today, fewer and fewer people heed this text. He says in verse 4, Luke 12, verse 4, kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. Well, we're just, we don't want to be killed. I, I, we, uh, that is the ultimate threat in our way of thinking as human beings. The ultimate threat is the threat of death. If you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. Give me your wallet or your life. Uh and that, that is the, the most fearful. I think if somebody approached me that way, I'd just faint. I, 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 I don't think I'd have much boldness in a situation like that. Uh, but, but notice how the God downplays it. He minimizes it. Well, all they can do is kill you. <laughs> you know? Well, well yeah. Uh, but but to, to God... See, you notice, you notice how Jesus uh, uh, spoke of death? Just about every time he spoke of death, he said, sleep, just sleep. Uh, Lazarus is not dead. Uh, he sleepeth. Uh, 
He just, he's just gone to sleep. And I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Uh, Jeff, Brother Jeff Winfrey was preaching at Mount Zion, I think, or, uh, one time I tell about visiting a, uh, a, a, a co-worker of his, or used to be, in a hospital that was, was dying. And he said every time he visited him, he was a little closer to death, but he, he kept saying, death ain't no big deal. Dying ain't no big deal. And uh, I, I don't hope that I could approach death that way. But the Lord downplays death. He says, don't, and he says, don't fear people that all they can do to you is kill you. So what? What's so bad about going to heaven? Uh, so he says, uh, fear not them that are able to kill, uh, kill the body. Have no more that they can do. When, uh, when that last breath goes out of a person, there's no more that can be done. There's nothing to harm, hurt you, harm you, anything of that nature that can, that can uh, uh, make you afraid. He said, well, I'll forewarn you who you should fear. Uh, fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. There's coming a time, my friends, that this, this old world's going to end. There's coming a time that there's going to be a judgment. There's coming a time when the Lord's going to take his people home and cast the others into hell. The lake of fire is called in Revelation. And uh, he says, we need to fear him. Now, I don't think he's telling, he's not telling a child of God that uh, that if you don't fear him, he's going to cast you into hell. That, that's not uh, the context at all. Uh, if you're a child of God, uh, you will always be a child of God. You'll be with him in heaven. If, if the Lord, if you, you belong to the Lord, you'll be with him in heaven. But he's, he's impressing upon us the power of God and, and, and the fact that he, 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 not only he has the power to cast into hell, but one day will cast into hell all those whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. We ought to fear God, and we ought to approach him reverentially. He's not our old buddy. He's not just somebody that, uh, like that... Uh, Tom T. Hall song that he had back years ago, uh, Me and Jesus Got Our Own Thing Going. I tell you, uh, we need to be careful how we talk about God, uh, how we, uh, we reverence his name. He, he's, he's holy. He's, he's righteous. He's, he's, he's other. He's not like us. One of the psalms, David said that... Uh, God is speaking. He's speaking for God. He says that you thought that I was all together as thou art. You thought I was just like y'all. He doesn't. He doesn't work on our terms. Isaiah uh, fifty-five says that he's the his ways are higher than our ways, as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts than your thoughts. We don't uh, in nature. We don't think like God. But you know. 
The Apostle Paul said that he has given us the mind of Christ. We, think, we can, if we're born of the Spirit of God, we can think like Christ. And so if we can do that, we can, we can uh, approach fear in an altogether different way. You've heard the story, no doubt, of the woman on the uh, ship that was uh, sinking and uh, people were panicking, running here and running there and scared to death. And, uh, and uh, this woman was just serene and uh, quiet. And somebody asked her, how in the world can you, uh, how can, how can you be so quiet and serene in, in uh, the danger? The ship's about to go down. We're going to drown. How can you be so calm about it? She said, well, if, if I live... If, if I am rescued or I uh, survive, I'm on my way to visit my daughter in uh, New York. And uh, if I do that, we're going to have a wonderful reunion. She said, I have another daughter that's in heaven. And he said, if the ship goes down, if I go down, if I drown, she said, I'm on my way to heaven. I'll have a wonderful reunion with my other daughter. So what's the difference? So, my dear friends, we can face disaster. We can face danger uh, in, uh, in a serene and pay, uh, uh, calm way if we will but look to the Lord and recognize the fact that he is in control. He is our safety. Uh, in the Paul's letter to the church of Colossae, Colossians chapter 3, begins that chapter with, if you then be risen with Christ. And I think what he's talking about being born again. If you're, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been born in the Spirit of God, uh, you've been risen with Christ. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you're dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We are in the hands of God, in his great and mighty hands. He is taking care of us. He is sovereign. Uh, David, in one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 27, says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There were times that David did fear. There was times that the Apostle Paul feared. Paul said one time, there's, there's a, uh, Without were fightings and within were fears. He wasn't above fear, but how did he... Did he, did he freeze up? Did he become paralyzed with fear? Did his heart fail him? He went on anyway. He had boldness in the face of fear. David said one time, What time I am afraid, Psalm 56, uh, What time I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. What time I am afraid. When we are, when we see catastrophes, when we see disasters, and we see problems of every kind, <clears throat> look to the Lord. Look up. 
set your affections on things above. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should rise, uh, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And here's why. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. The Lord Jesus Christ said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. There's safety in the house of God, my dear friends. There, there, there's, there's a precious safety in the house of God. It always is a, it, it, it rewarding to me to see young children and young men like Brother Emery come into the church at an early age because it has such a... a, a a sense of, of there's such a sense of safety within the church among the brothers and sisters in Christ that, that are older and experienced and all those things. So there's safety in the house of God. There's not safety out in the world when we run from the Lord or we rebel against the Lord, rebel against his word, and rebel against his teaching. When we pay no attention to our teachers, to our preachers, to those that try to instruct us in things of God, there's danger in that, my friends. From that, be afraid. My dear friends, when you trust in the Lord, as David did, and as the Apostle Paul did, and as the saints throughout the ages have felt the presence of the Lord during the most difficult circumstances and there's story after story of those who trusted the Lord and the Lord was with them cannot you look at your own life and say well there was a time that I didn't know whether I was going to make it or not there was a time that I thought I was going to lose everything there was a time that I didn't think I could go on and uh, yet here you are and that in itself proves that God was with you. Uh, I know I've had times in my life that I thought this is a, this is the this is the final blow. <laughs> uh, I hear people say uh, in in sickness and uh, things like that. Uh, I just don't know how much more I could take. Uh, I can understand that. I've been there. I just don't know how much more I can take. But here I am. Uh, and that too, so that proves that God takes his people through the water, through the fire, as he said in Isaiah. When they'll pass us through the water, through the fire, the Lord will be with you. You're going to pass through, pass through, not just pass into, but you're going to pass through the waters. Seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, and that includes your safety. <clears throat> I thank you for